We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, (laughs) and welcome to another conversation here with Dan. Happy New Year. Yeah, this is our first video of the new year here in January 2021. Um, If you have been part of a religious organization for very long, or if you've ever had a talk with someone who's outside of one, you've probably had the question, are you part of a cult or isn't your church a cult used in some way? Yep. So the question we're going to address today is one that we've actually gotten quite a few times. I like it. Just get right down to it. Is the what a what? Is the Church of Christ a cult? There you go. Okay. So we thought that it would be helpful to have kind of a framework to walk through, to go through this question and try to answer it honestly. And so we're going to use a framework made by a man named Stephen Hassan. He has been involved with cults and people coming out of cults for a long time now. And so he have, has this framework called BITE, which stands for <laughs> which stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotion control. All right. And so then he kind of has lots of things that are subcategories. We obviously can't go through all of them. But He's talking about when people mm-hmm. try to control all those things about other people. Yes. These are kind of signs that you're part of a cult or these are trademarks of cult behavior. Gotcha. Okay. So we're going to start with the idea of behavior control, and we'll try to address how maybe this plays out in the church and different things like that. But Let's talk about behavior control in the church of Christ. Yeah, pretty much. First of all, there's no person in the biblical church of Christ that is trying to control other people. Okay. Uh, unless it's the person of Jesus Christ. I was going to say, yeah, he's, there is a person. But he's God in human form yeah. and not, not just a person. So there's no person here on earth now that's mm. trying to control other people. Uh, however, you know, you've got some theological concepts that are huge, like the kingdom of God, the rule of God. Mm-hmm. And the major issue in that whole concept is how do human beings submit themselves to the rule of God? And as Jesus said... Not my will, yeah, but yours be done. So if we really submit ourselves to God, we're wanting God to control our behavior. Yeah. But that's different than me trying to manipulate your behavior. Because one of the things that he writes in here is how a cult will impose rigid rules and regulations. And I think that sometimes people get fuzzy on that of, can that mean any rule and regulation? Because like you said, God has some rules. That he does. He says, don't be a drunkard and don't commit fornication and, and don't lie. And those are, mm-hmm. those are fairly rigid rules. But then the problem is when people add their own rules and they start manipulating people in those ways to enforce yeah. their own rules that are really not God's rules. Yeah, and not all of God's rules are 
don'ts. There's a lot of do this too in a positive sense. Not just do this because I told you so, but like be kind to this person and that group. Care for other people, you know, et cetera. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So maybe there's something a little bit deeper when it defines from instead of God, is there a sense in the churches of Christ where there might be a person, because maybe we'll want to back up real quick and just explain or re-highlight the Church of Christ isn't a monolith. It's not a one There's thing. not one person somewhere that's the leader over this thing. There's not a headquarters yeah. over this thing. In fact, um, modern-day churches of Christ are quite diverse. Hmm. But the church we read about in the New Testament had no human head. Jesus Christ, at the right hand of God in heaven, was its head. Hmm. But there were precepts, principles... Uh, that were given by revelation from Jesus Christ that formed the basis of that group's behavior. Yeah, and so we may come back to how that will influence these things later on. Like later on in our discussion, we'll come yeah. back to the concept of the Church of Christ Yeah. Um, and how it'll play out. But so there's obviously rules and regulations in any church and in the Church of Christ because they're laid out by God. But see, in some churches today people would be less likely to think of them as cults because they freely change the regulations by voting and getting more politically correct regulations Mm. and give people more and more freedom, whereas the ideologies and the commandments of God do not change over Mm. time that are recorded in Scripture. Mm. Okay. And we may come back to that concept of a a leader, a figurehead that you follow more a bit in a moment. That's not Um, the preacher. The preacher shouldn't be controlling Shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Or the elders or whoever. Um, One of the things that he mentions in behavior control is how a group member will be dictated where, when, how, and with whom they live with and isolate them from others. Basically, a lot of cults will separate you from the physical family you already have. Your family or your friends or who you date or whatever. Yeah. Is there any aspect of that that people might see that would give it credence in a church of Christ? Well, no, unless you unless you tell somebody that if they're going to live a Christian lifestyle, you encourage them to separate themselves from influences that are pulling them down. Hmm. If 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 there are influences that that want them always to be involved in fornication, then Bible says flee from fornication. Hmm. We don't make them. We suggest that this would be good if they're going to live a Christian life. Um, if there are a bunch of friends that are always going out drinking and that's not what we're going to do, then we would suggest that you make some new friends. That, But, but we don't control yeah. who they make friends with. In fact, we want people to be friends with people that are not part of the, the, the church because we want to share Jesus with those people. So, yeah. I mean, Jesus ate with the publicans and sinners and mm. so forth. So I think sometimes people will... And I've heard this particular scripture applied for this sort of thing, where when Jesus says, who are my mother and brothers, but they're these, and they'll say that that's Jesus advocating for leave your worldly family behind sort of thing. And so that's what churches are advocating, is just to get rid of your worldly family and only focus on this group in the building. No, he meant that that the, the relationships that we can form with people who share a spiritual basis with us are deeper than our... Mm 
than our physical relationships if now, we don't share that. So what's another one of his criteria here? Okay. What are, the other one in that behavior part, the last one that I wanted to highlight that gets thrown out a lot is they practice financial exploitation and manipulation. And so when Sell we- Sell all your stuff and give it to us. Yeah. So when we pass around the giving plate at the end of worship type thing, is that us expecting financial like gain from our membership? Or is that a way of us saying you're not a good Christian if you don't put certain amounts in or whatever? Well, again, you have, you have biblical teaching that goes all the way back to the patriarchs about um, supporting God's purposes financially. And that's throughout the Bible. In the New Testament, it talks about free will offerings, but it also mm. talks about putting God first. So while we encourage people to support the work of the Lord financially. We don't um, put a figure on it or require them to sell any certain things. It's just a voluntary thing on the part of people. And uh, so it's not in the way that you're going to be censured if you don't. Yeah, it's not. And it's not even a requirement to get in. And I think that's a big part. They'll talk to pay your way in. No, right. There's but, not a, unless you sell all your stuff to us, you can't be part of the group. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Yeah. Okay. None of that. But but let's don't minimize the fact that the Bible does call us mm. to share our financial resources with the work of the Lord and His church. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing is there's a lot of this framework when you look at it, that if you are outside of the Christian tradition or any church tradition... You can see hints of this in churches, but usually where it goes wrong is it's taken like to the nth degree. It's taken past what the Bible actually says, yeah. and it's made it's made laws are added on top of what the Bible says, and people manipulate other people instead of saying, "Here's what God desires you do," and then mm -hmm. you have the choice of yeah whether you do that or not. So okay. Um, the next big category that he talks about is information control. So the first thing he really hits on is how they practice deception by intentionally withholding information or lying about the group they're with. It's that old bait and switch sort of idea. Yeah. Um, we're going to sell you one thing and once we've got you, we'll show you the truth yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, there should be no question ever forbidden. In, in the Lord's church. Mm. There should be there should be free exchange of information. We give what the Bible says, but people have the right to bring up any question about anything and question the Bible and they have a right to expect mm. answers. So uh, there there is you know, I understand for example, um, there's a lot said in the New Testament about what you put in your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, in Philippians chapter 4, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, think about those things. And so if you want to think the way a Christian is supposed to think, then you should voluntarily mm -hmm. control some of what you're putting into your mind. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're, you're going to be depressed, you're going to be skeptical, you're going to be, you know, but... Um, that's different from an organization controlling what you can read or what you can think about mm. or what you can 
yeah. interact with. Um, and I want us to come back to that. You said keep you from being skeptical or something. We'll talk about that a little bit more with the thought control side. But definitely this information in the churches of Christ, is there ever a hard and fast, like you cannot watch an R-rated movie. You can't listen to this source well, of information. Some or, people try to do that. Mm. And when they try to do that, they approach being cultish. Mm. And I don't think it's just in Churches of Christ. It could be in any other group. Yeah. And certainly, you know, there are there are reasons why we should be careful what we watch. But that's that's going further than what the Bible yeah. goes. There are principles in the Bible about, mm. yes. you know, about what's good and healthy. And we lay out those principles and then we leave it up to people to make their own choices. Yeah about those principles because i think that's there's a lot of things that are in the bible of do this don't do this but there's way more principles that are laid out that are we have to figure out how to apply them to best fit the rules well for example in ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 uh, this i say and testify in the lord that you no longer live as the gentiles live in the vanity of their minds being darkened in their understanding, alienated from the lifestyle of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Mm. But then a few verses later, he says, put off as concerning your former manner of life, the old man that is corrupted after deceitful lust and be made new in the attitude of your mind and put on the new man. Yeah. You, you don't achieve that newness of heart and mind unless you allow God and his word to shape your thinking mm -hmm. and and realize when other factors are trying to turn you away from God right. see but that's a choice people make because they want to follow Christ it's yeah. not something that other people manipulate you into yeah or tell you you have to do right like, we're not going to boot you out specifically like here at the Broadway Church of Christ we're not going to boot you out if we found out you watched a certain movie on the weekend type thing. No. Yeah, there's none of that like hard and fast rules set in place. But we expect them, if you're a Christian, a Christ follower, to use some of those principles to guide your choices. Right, but there are some people, in fairness, that have their own ideas that go beyond the teachings of Scripture. And if they see you do something other than that, they, they will judge you or shun you or do whatever and, mm. and they will make you feel like you're wrong and they'll try to emotionally manipulate you by excluding you. That's cultic behavior and yeah. in whatever church it is, it's wrong if, yeah. that's, if that's what's being done. And that's where maybe the, the biggest difference gets to be, is that just an individual in the congregation and the group you're in or is that the culture of the congregation coming from the leadership or a person? Well, if, if there's a, quote, popular group in any religious mm. uh, organization, church, whatever, and that yeah. popular group uh, un has unspoken rules, and if mm. you don't fit those rules, whether they're God's rules or not, you get shunned from that popular group, yeah. that's the kind of manipulation that doesn't belong in any mm. of God's Yeah, maybe it's churches. a... You know, they've decided that this is the best way to have their diet. But only a true Christian will decide to follow this diet. And so, you yeah, know, that's... everyone goes, well, man, they've got it together. We must supposed to do that. Yeah. Or if they want to invite you over to your house, unless you follow that diet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So information control, it's one of those in the church, 
we might have principles that guide you towards certain things, but there's not like walls in place that say don't do this or else, you know, or whatever. Or yeah, do this. We don't this control only. information. We do control the information we're putting out because we want to put out information that leads people sure. to follow the principles of the yeah. Bible. But we can and, control the information you're receiving, and there's no question yeah. that's ever forbidden. And maybe that's that's a good thing of like if you're part of this congregation or if you're part of pretty much any Church of Christ congregation, you can watch another Church of Christ or another church's sermons or information and no one's going to be like, how dare you listen to those things? Yeah, you can listen to anything you want to. Yeah, it's not a, once you're in this group, you can only listen to and after you stuff. after you listen to something out there that causes you questions, you can say, look, I don't understand why we do this. And you that, can question what we do. Yeah, and that leads us to his third category of thought control and brings me back to the idea when you brought up skepticism, the difference between healthy skepticism and skepticism without answer. Like, I'm wanting to find skeptic things without answering them versus I'm curious or wondering and I want to think deeper about something. Do we encourage that within the churches of Christ? Yeah. Years ago here, I preached a series of sermons called I Doubt It. Mm. And I asked people to put in a box things that they really had doubts about. Yeah. And it was okay. And I think if we create a culture where it's okay to doubt things and say, I really have trouble with this. I have trouble believing this. And mm. and I need help. You know, I, I just can't help but doubt this. Why do you believe? You know, there's nothing wrong with that kind of a question. Yeah, That's a regular question. And there are answers. And, and we need people to be open with what they ask. You may, you know, people may have experienced being in a family. Mm-hmm. And that family had stern beliefs about something, and there were certain questions you just weren't supposed to ask. <laughs> but we don't want to create a culture in the church where there are certain questions that you aren't supposed to ask. It's yeah. okay to ask anything. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things he says in relation to that is cults tend to just take those big questions, and rather than spending time going through them, they just reduce it to an oversimplified answer or dismiss it out of hand. And you're just supposed to believe it and not not question it and go on. Yeah. And so I think this would go back to uh, the Bereans. And, you know, when you read the Bible over and over, there's an example of we want people to search the scripture, search the scripture. to see if those things are sold. Yeah. And the Bereans were pointed out as like, hey, these are great people. Acts 1711. There you go. Because... They went ahead and they heard what was being said and then looked it over a little bit They more. questioned the Apostle Paul and confirmed what he said in the Bible. That's good. That's real good. Okay. Yeah. And we encourage that. Um, another part of the thought control is they require members to internalize the group's doctrine as absolute truth. Black and white, good versus evil. And this is a really tricky one because you look at that and a lot of what we've talked about, the Bible does lay out what is good and evil. Well, we believe that the Bible has absolute truth. But you always have to be careful in any given group, is this group saying things that go beyond what the Bible says? Mm. And there we are again. And there we are again. But we do believe that the we are ideologues. We believe that there is a standard in the scriptures mm-hmm. and that we are supposed to follow that standard in order to have a relationship with God. It's an unchanging standard. We do believe that. 
And so, um, you know, there's no apology to be made for that, but we're willing to openly discuss it, and, and it's a choice that you make whether you want to um, be a part of following God's Word or not. That's, that's up to you. Yeah. And, and I'll just kind of reaffirm, there's lots more that we're not going to address that he lays out in this framework because there's many pieces that go under that. But we're trying to highlight the ones that we've heard the most often or have yeah. the most relationship to where we currently are. Let me try to sweep this up into a pile. Okay, and then we'll go to our last one. We're not, we don't have any person or group of persons that's setting law or manipulating us to do certain things. Yeah, single person on earth type. No, yeah, no. And it's, it's an encouragement. Paul said, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade people. And in teaching the gospel or teaching the Bible, we're trying to persuade people to live their lives according to the Bible, but we don't force them to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, if, if a person um, continues blatantly in a behavior that's totally anti-biblical, mm -hmm. then there is um, a lack of fellowship sometimes on that. But that's that's a, again a choice of a person and they're free to leave the church if they want to leave the church mm -hmm. we're not going to try to force them to stay in the church if they don't want to stay in the church okay so that will lead me to the last one okay the last one is emotional control and let's start with it was actually the final of the three but i want to start with it since you brought it up the church has a concept of excommunication yes you know, and that's in the Bible and different things. It's practiced in First a variety of ways. Five, yep. um, the way he phrases it is cults will instill fear, such as fear of the outside world, enemies leaving, being shunned by the group. And that's something that's instilled in you basically to where you stay no matter what because you're so afraid of that process. And I've heard that tied to church excommunication. Is that a fair line to draw? I think the biblical church would would emphasize the fact that fellowship with God and with Christ and with others is a great privilege of joy. And we enjoy all these wonderful blessings of having a part in Christ and the Holy Spirit and the blood of Christ cleansing our sins and, mm -hmm. and uh, a promise of eternal life with God and all these other things as we maintain a relationship with God. And we believe the Bible teaches that if we turn our back on God and we don't live the way the Lord wants us to, and we choose that, then we forfeit our relationship with God and our eternity with God. Mm -hmm. So we want to keep people as best we can. And if we truly love them and they turn their backs on God, then we make it clear to them that as long as they do that, they don't have a relationship with God, but we don't hate them. We don't try to destroy them. We don't mm -hmm. follow them. We don't try to be mean to them. I was going to say, there's a strong line of restoration that yeah, runs through. We try through. very hard to, to welcome them back. If, and if they, you know, again, it's not a matter of human control. It's a matter of whether they choose to walk with God or not. Mm. And I think that's probably a big thing when in the church we have the concept of grace and mercy. Absolutely. And those things are applied by God, not man. 
Would that be? And so I, I'd say they are applied by God, but but at times, as you said in the Bible, the church recognizes if a person willfully walks away from God, the church recognizes that, mm. and that's what happens with biblical excommunication. Okay, but it's not men casting the judgment and forcing someone out because they disagreed with them. It's because they see that they're actively working against God within the congregation, per se. That's right. That's a difficult one. It is what it is, bro. I know. And a lot of times I would say it's one that doesn't get applied well and so does lend more to It does. That... Let, let me say this. We are, the Church of Christ in the Bible is, what we would call fundamentalist. Okay. It's a dirty word. I know it is. <laughs> we are fundamentalist because we believe in a, a static mm-hmm. set of truths and principles um, that we adhere to. And so if we adhere to those and do so um, intensely, then we're going to be perceived as rather rigid in our beliefs. That's fair. Yeah. Now, even though that's true, we still are very open to relationships with people. We are not restrictive mm-hmm. in who people can be friends with. We, we love all people. Um, we do not try to manipulate I'm saying as we read about it. Now, I'm fully admitting on this that there are people Mm -hmm. within churches of Christ like other groups that do try to emotionally manipulate people and exclude people unnecessarily and be judgmental on people. Mm. And we just need to own that when that happens and we need to not do it. Yeah, and I think that comes back to where we started earlier with the concept of the churches of Christ they are not organized by one person and one head or one bo- governing body. Right. And so even though if you go to places and it says Church of Christ in various towns or whatever, there will be some similarities. There will, If they're going back to there the Bible, be. there should be some similarities. Lots of them. But then sometimes you will, because one man gets in control or a group of people get in control of a church, they can drastically change the look of it. They can, and they can become cultish if they're not careful. Yeah, to go beyond. And that could happen in any congregation, but we're or currently... Any, any group of people. Yeah, we're currently talking about where we exist in the churches of Christ, and so we you know, kind of own up to that. And I, we're talking about God's ideal for the church in the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. That's that's where... Versus what man what may man do. May do. Yeah. And so just kind of to round it out, we've already talked about how you know, cults will tend to manipulate and narrow their range of feeling. And I found this to be the most interesting. Cults will tend to teach emotion stopping techniques to block the feelings of homesickness, anger, doubt, all these other things. And I mean, my one of my favorite books is the Psalms and something I frequently talk about, and I know you've been teaching through the Psalms recently too. They express every emotion you can think of and yeah. they encourage you to go through those in a way that interacts with God. Yeah, there's there's no restriction. Any emotion is a legitimate emotion, and it's okay to feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. But but feeling emotions biblically is not an excuse to do wrong. Be angry, but do not sin, and let not the sun yeah. go down upon your anger. Yeah, you know. 
there's a lot of different things there. Okay, so um, we've talked about the nature of the Church of Christ. We've talked about individual members. I think the final bit that gets brought up, and I'll just ask this question, are there any secret rights that the Church of Christ has? No secret rights. Uh, the right of baptism is not a secret at all. It's it's a reenactment of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ because those are the redemptive works in which we have faith. It's done the same way when it's done. Mm -hmm. The rite of the Lord's Supper, the taking of the bread and the wine because of the, the sacrifice of the body of Christ and His blood, those are the only rites mm -hmm. that the Church of Christ has. And anybody that wants to see them or talk about them can talk about them. There's no secret. Yeah. If you watch our online services, you can watch pretty much all those anytime they happen. Absolutely. All right. You may have other questions related to this subject or maybe specifically uh, in relation to the Church of Christ. Like I say, it's not the first time we've had this, and there is a lot to discuss there. So I know that we can't discuss everything, but Dan, I appreciate you bringing this one out, walking through it with me. And, and I hope that, you know, the biblical, the biblical pattern for the church is perfect and good. Mm-hmm. Our human implementation of it is often flawed. And I hope that in asking this question and answering this question, we've, we've been honest about our flaws and our potential flaws, but also honest with what God calls us to do. So with that said... Yeah, so I guess final question, is the Church of Christ a cult? Not in the Bible, it's not. But that's not to say that in some particular groups that might turn into one if people add their own laws and manipulate people and so forth. But the biblical church of Christ is not a cult as we would say it today. Okay. So there we have it. That's what we've got for today. Quite a way to start off the new year. Uh, we will keep going with a variety of things, probably get back into some books and big picture stuff as well through the new year. But like I say, as always, if you have any other comments or questions, send them our way. We'll try to address them as best we can. Y'all have a good one. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.